Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Land Party podcast. Today, we're very excited to announce we've got our first guest ever, Adam Salem. Um, Adam is a mentor extraordinaire, um, but I won't say too much about him. I'll let the man tell you about himself. So Adam, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Of course. So my name is Adam Isaiah Salim. I became a professional mentor at the age of 18 while in university. I was studying computer science and business management. I knew that I had to do something which was impactful in the world, right? And mentoring, you know, it's, it's free. So 90% of what I do is free mentoring for people. The other 10% of what I do is premium consulting, coaching, and advisement for different technology. Really, uh, I specialize in technology, esports, yeah. sports, and entertainment companies. So, uh, you know, the, the top 1% to 5% of companies that are in these in industries, that, those are the people that I help. Okay. And the reason why I do this is because there are people who obviously, you know, they won't be able to afford my services, right? So if I can mentor them for free, right? It's at no cost to them. They can schedule an appointment with me at any time. But then at the other times when they're not being mentored by me, I'll tell them, okay, well, when I'm in an appointment and working, right, you can schedule an appointment with me later and I'll be able to help you while you have this free session now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's um, it's a nice way of running it with, like you said, the free mentoring so people can kind of get started in the industry and then once they're in there obviously you do i assume you kind of do more detailed mentoring and um i saw on your your linkedin profile at least you've got this fundable strategy thing what what tell us a bit more about that yeah so your fundable strategy is developed when you want to a first just get money right and then mm -hmm. b if you want to have a long-term strategic initiative, right, in terms of what you're going to do with the funds. So this is how investors, sponsors, you know, people like me who are doing corporate strategy for businesses, this is how we know that you're someone worthwhile in terms of investment, right, from a venture capital perspective. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, so how did you first get into the esports world? Yeah, so... I started playing League of Legends when I was fairly young, so mm. middle school, but even earlier I was playing Super Smash Bros and Halo Combat Evolved, and I would play those competitively, and that would be like the majority of my time spent playing these games when I was awesome. super young. So nobody really knew that esports was going to be a career, right? a job, or a calling in life for me at the time. I was just like playing for fun, but now mm. I realize Back then, it was within the foundation, right, to get market experience, to get the understanding of the user base, right? And really, when you understand the customer experience, right, you can tell people, okay, this is how a gamer thinks. This is how a gamer wants a game to perform, right? This is how a gamer wants to, to really experience the, I guess, in terms of if you have a virtual reality, like, like with Oculus, right? This yeah. is how a gamer would want Oculus to operate so they can have the best experience possible. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. That's that's. It's a really interesting point you made about when you, when you were younger and you didn't really think esports was an option. Because I remember way back when I was younger and playing games, there was this whole stigma around if you're playing games too much, you're you're a massive nerd, and your parents have yeah. to like kick you out into the into the garden and be like, go play outside. But 
I think it's it's gradually changing now, and I've noticed this on uh, like social media, like TikTok and such, where gaming is almost the cool thing to do. Like playing your kind of more regular sports isn't as interesting as playing Fortnite, for instance. And, and I think it's really opening up opportunities for people to get involved in the industry for sure. Um, so, yeah, so. Uh, as you mentioned, esports wasn't wasn't really an option for you to start with. So now your present time is you're working within esports and you're trying to help the next generation kind of get into it and mentor them to have the most successful time and help companies reach these new people or kind of people like myself. What do you think the future of esports is going to look like? Great question. Thank you for asking. So uh, I won't go into details about all my projects, but I can provide a great feedback in terms of what the future will look like currently yeah. because it's being created. And so in terms of immersive virtual reality experiences, right, these places where you can create your own world, mm. there will be entire communities built upon this principle where from the moment you wake up, right, and you use your mobile phone, your smartphone, you have an entire world, right? A virtual reality world where you can build that and you have your community there with your friends. And this is where you're going to be spending most of your time because gaming is going to be the new social platform. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's kind of, are you imagining it kind of like a, like a matrix kind of thing? So actually the real world almost gets left behind and we just maybe log out of this virtual world to eat, go to the toilet, or whatever. So there are different levels of virtual reality, of course, you yeah. have you know, augmented reality, and then you've got you know, just these different levels where yeah. people can immerse themselves, right? So if you want to be on the highest level, right, that's when you can start to actually check out of you know, this reality, you know, this, this yeah. current present part of the matrix, if you want to call it. But yeah. then at the lowest levels, right, then you can have things where it's just like, uh, maybe you have something on your phone, right? And you have an experience where you can see a virtual world, right? And you can interact with it. And you can interact with it at any point in time, mm. place on the earth. But at the same time, like, you're not totally immersed with it, right? You're not, uh, in terms of, like, your character or the environment, mm. right? You're not completely able to control everything. Does that make sense? Yeah. So almost, I guess... A, a real world version would be Pokemon Go, something like that. So you've got that immersion into a different world, but it's not, like you say, it's on your phone and you, you've still got the surroundings. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a good, way, good way to go. And what about the kind of in terms of the actual business side of esports. How do you think that's going to evolve? Because at the moment, it's it's quite a weird industry. It's almost they the industry is very protective of its secrets. They to actually get in the industry, it's really hard work. Like you say, you were playing League of Legends professionally at however whatever age. Sidas was creating an esports team at what fourteen. And it's this kind of thing that you have to do to be able to get into the esports industry, which 
isn't in any other industry. Like you don't really decide what you're going to do until 16, 17. And then you just kind of rock into accountancy or marketing or design or whatever. So how do you think business is going to evolve to help people get into the industry easier? Yeah, good question. So in my experience, right, growing up, the reason why I didn't stay as a professional coach, right, in League of Legends, I didn't want to go as a professional gamer in that route because I knew that if I just organized events and coach people, right, I could get paid $45 an hour or more yeah. as a teenager, and I'm doing well for myself, and I'm happy, I'm good. The problem was with esports, right? A lot of people don't have that experience to coach. They don't have that experience to actually organize an event and become someone of a management level, right? An executive yeah. of some sort. And so when I was organizing these events, I told people, you know, you're going to have to work for free at some times, but if you want to become a professional, right, you have to stop working for free. You have to choose to start charging, you know, a, a very high price to actually sustain yourself. And yeah. so that's why I started getting paid $45 an hour to coach as a teenager because I said, you know, I'm, I'm – in school but at the same time if I wanted to go full-time with this I could I could drop out of school and that's what I did in university but I didn't do that until after well you know I, I had an established esports career and I was able to support myself financially yeah so you had that you built up that sustainability and it's kind of I guess you you valued yourself which is quite important um being able to put value in your own skills and be like you know what I am worth this amount and if you don't want to pay that, then that's a loss for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you look at it from uh, your perspective, right, you have to value yourself in terms of your accountability and responsibility. So that's how you can get to that point where hmm. you become a professional and you actually get paid. Yeah. So would you, so for people who are really looking to get into esports, and maybe they want to do events and management or coaching, whatever it is. Would you suggest they do any work for free? Or do you think they should just go in straight away and say, this is what I'm worth. This is my skill set. Great question. So the proper way to actually get into the esports industry and get you know, paid as soon as possible mm -hmm. is to build a portfolio around the skills you want to have, right? So if you have no experience, no knowledge, no real uh, skills, right? You look at what other people are doing, right? And you're saying, I want to become a coach like that person, right? Mm. And you look at their portfolio and you say, how do I build that for myself right now? But you break it down step by step, right? So if say if you want to become a League of Legends coach like I was, you would say, hmm, how do I look at my teams or my players or whoever I'm coaching and say, I want to help create content with you and I want to post it on YouTube, I want to post it on LinkedIn, right? So a lot of people can see what we're doing and they can see yeah. that I have experience, right? You build up a portfolio, right? A body of work yeah. where let's say someone like myself can look at your LinkedIn profile and I'll tell you, this is the way you have built a community, right? Through online, you know, uh, content creation, right? Because you need content, else you're not going to be discovered. You need content, or yeah, someone will know what you're doing. And then once you have this content, right? You build up this community. You also have the skills, right? You've been coaching people and they know who you are at the same time because, you know, your content's being floated around the internet. Yeah, of course. That's um, yeah. I mean, that's that's uh, almost the best way to work in any industry, really. Whether it's gaming, design, marketing, just getting out there and creating something around your skill sets works for anything, doesn't it?
Um, so I guess the going on from that, where, what would you think would be the best place to promote yourself? Um, to, to get in front of the people you want to get in front of. Yeah, so looking back from my experience, right, I was working at AutoZone, mobile auto parts shop, just selling, you know, car parts a few months ago because I stopped being an entrepreneur. I didn't want to have yeah. this entrepreneurial life. And when I decided to get back into entrepreneurship, I realized there's only a few platforms where people can get noticed very well in terms of mm -hmm. you know, reach. And so there's Instagram, there's yeah. TikTok, you have you know, IGTV, part of Instagram. And so you have uh, LinkedIn, YouTube being number one. And uh, the way I use these platforms, right, I, I built up a portfolio of work where people could say, wow, uh, you, you created that? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I helped with marketing. Mm. I helped with uh, the management of the project, right? And I could go through each detail of the step-by-step -step process. And people would say, well, uh, wh why aren't you, uh, you know, getting paid? You know, why are you doing it for free? And I'm like, uh, because I just, I, don't, I love doing it. Like I'm a mentor, so it's not something that I need to do. Uh, yeah. you know professionally to get paid all the time I, I want to do it because it's something that is my calling right it's my dharma i have a duty but at the same time like if you want to be discovered right use youtube because you have algorithms which will help you get pushed out to the broader user base which is like you know two billion plus people yeah it's insane so that's how you get leverage and really grow and be found yeah fun youtube fact as well is um obviously because it's owned by google in the uh, Google rankings, they rank YouTube videos above anything else. So you'll get an ad and then you'll get YouTube. So like you're saying, it's probably the best place to, uh, to get noticed. What do you think about YouTube versus Twitch? Do you think they can, there's an opportunity to use Twitch as much? Or is there, is Mixer is a new one as well? Yeah, so with YouTube and Twitch, right? Twitch is more of a very difficult platform to be discovered on, right? There's no discoverability features in terms of, you know, algorithms helping you be discovered. On YouTube though, it's different because if you post a video, right, you can go viral. And yeah. the virality is something that you can use to help leverage on Twitch. This is how you can actually grow your Twitch stream very quickly in some cases. But at the same time, uh, you know, most content creators are not gonna know that when they're streaming on Twitch, right? For yeah. each moment that they're streaming on Twitch, you know, that's maybe one person there, but then there's like, you know, a hundred people on YouTube, which is like much bigger audience that you can reach yeah. potentially with just one video. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think, do you think it's worth even streaming on Twitch then? Cause YouTube, you can stream on YouTube. Do you think Twitch is yeah. worth it? Of course. So the way, the way I help my content creators, I tell them, you want to stream on Twitch, you want to stream on Mixer, right? Mixer yeah. and Twitch, discoverability on these platforms isn't very great. But the advantages that these platforms have, right, they already have the audience there, and you only need to be discovered once, right? So you only need to have one viral Reddit post or one viral YouTube video, mm. and then everybody gets mood right in terms of this trust funnel that you call marketing to your twitch channel or to your mixer channel and once you have that trust people will stay with you people will see your content as you know this person knows what they're talking about they're very good at what they do yeah. and they're entertaining right they're very personable you like them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I do think it's also important, um, say, when you do get discovered on Twitch, like you were saying, once you've got them once, they're, like, they're more likely to come back and keep coming back. I believe it's important to have a some kind of streaming schedule, so at least people know you're going to be streaming at a regular time, regular day, so they know when to come back. Because like you said, you can't really discover people. Yeah. It's very important to uh, apply that you know, as a principle and really live by that. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Do you think there could potentially be a better way to promote yourself? Like, do you think there's potentially a platform coming up in the future that might be better than what we've got now for particularly for esports and gaming? Of course. So there are platforms that I am currently studying. Right? I, I will spend a, you know part of my day or the entire day sometimes just studying mm -hmm. platforms. And so there are platforms such as eFuse, if you've heard of that. Yeah, that's and released quite recently. Yeah, yeah, you can use this platform in a way where, let's say you have no audience, right, or you have no experience in the esports industry. Once you join eFuse, right, you're going to be connected with a lot of people who have experience, who have knowledge, who have skills that you might want to need. You're also going to have the resources that you want to need to get started as a professional very quickly. Mm -hmm. So when I joined the platform, I said, you know, I'm here. You know, I posted that on LinkedIn. People gave me responses. They started following me and they started sending me messages. And I'm saying, mm -hmm. this is where you want to be, right? These new platforms that have the attention. So you yeah. is one of those platforms. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. I have I must admit, I've set up an eFuse account, but I haven't filled any of the details in yet. I'm getting there. It's going to be... By the end of the weekend, we'll have an eFuse account ready. Um, so I guess to uh, a bit of a, I guess, I don't know if it's off topic or not question. What would you, I know you started with League of Legends, but is that still your favorite game? Uh, no, I, I would have had a falling out with League of Legends because oh. of the, the way the game has, has grown, right? There's a whole yeah. new ecosystem, right? Universe of League of Legends. So I'm like, well, there's so much more for me to experience now. I yeah. want to grow in terms of person. And so I'm like, well, if I just played League of Legends all the time, you know, I wouldn't grow too much. You know, I'm, I was never high ranking, but I'm like, uh, I understand the game well enough to coach people, right? So yeah. I need to do something else inside of the, the League of Legends universe now with the other games. Okay, so what do you? What is your favorite game then to play? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah. right now, yeah, yeah. Right now, if I'm not playing League of Legends, right, so <laughs> I will be playing. Uh, oftentimes, if it's not TFT, right, uh, you've got TFT, or you have any one of the. Uh, I don't want to say like card games you know but uh I'm, I'm very interested in games like hearthstone but at the yeah. same time like i'm not mm -hmm. good at them so i i have to have like a balance between uh league of legends and these games because <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm decent at league but i can play that but i can't play these games <laughs> yeah you play league of legends and like yeah i enjoyed that go to hearthstone and like 
oh, that was bad, but in, interesting, I guess. Yeah. Do you play any any board yeah. games by chance? So I often play Risk with my family Love and friends. It. I enjoy yeah. that board game a lot. Love it. I've got. I mean, I've got a whole whole stack of board games in here. So big board gamer as well. So that's kind of I I quite enjoy Hearthstone because I played a lot of card games before going into it. So I kind of I get the mechanic straight away. I was like, oh yeah, I know what this does. This makes sense. Um, but it is, it's a hard game. I've not kept up with the, the pack, card pack releases either. So I think I've got a lot of cards in my decks that aren't technically allowed to be played anymore. So that's always fun. So League of Legends, I don't know loads about League of Legends. Um, it's an extremely hard game to play. And like you were saying, it's so big now, it's really hard to get into. You have to spend some serious time in it. But what, or I guess, who is your favorite hero in League of Legends? All right, so <laughs> if you do research on me, I'm actually a Kha'Zix main and I have 1.5 million mastery on that champion. So uh, I've invested a lot of time on becoming yeah. one of the best Kha'Zix players, at least on like a decent level, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I understand uh, how to use abilities, and that's really why I uh, just enjoy the game so much because I just put all of my time into one champion. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good way to do it to main at least maybe a couple, like a few different ones. Um, how, so how, because it is such a huge game, how would you suggest getting into it, whether you're going to play it or whether you're going to coach it? What would you say is the best way to do that? So it all starts with building your community, right? You want that foundation of people who can help you achieve your goals, mm -hmm. right? To be your uh, force multipliers for success, right? Certain people that you need to work with every day to achieve success. So for me, yeah. I worked with different coaches that were, you know, high ranking. They were, they were always in challenge or maybe from like, season you know uh, mm. eight onwards or maybe like season seven onwards right they had this experience as a high-ranking player for multiple seasons mm. and i said you know i'm i'm not a high-ranking player i'm not high level but i will listen to your advice and be coached by you and i will learn how to manage uh, you know a team or maybe a scrim a scrim event yeah and you know i'll organize players so they can work together and they can learn and they you know they they're often very open to these things because you know if you gather a bunch of high-level people together in a scrim, right? People are going to want to watch, people are going to want to participate, and that's a very fun event for everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's always interesting to see the high, high level players do their thing. Sometimes with games like League of Legends, uh, I, I play a lot of Overwatch, their game just seems, it seems like their game's running faster than mine. It's like all their cooldowns seem to come faster and everything they're doing just seems just so much faster, which is, it's amazing to watch. And what would you say, I'm, I'm going quite down the coach route, I think, here. So what what is one of the most important skills to have as a coach? So right now, people, uh, they often question, like, Adam, how do you coach people, you know, that are challenger when you're not challenger? You know, you're low, you're mm -hmm. low on platinum, and I'm telling you, uh, my job as a coach yeah. is not to be high-low. My job as a coach is to help you remain accountable and to help you remain responsible. So... 
understanding these things is the difference between people who are great coaches and people who are not good coaches because you can see how some coaches professionally you know their only goal but they're coaching professional you know teams and league yeah. legends you know and they're going to world champions so it's like uh understanding that difference between being someone who's accountable and responsible as a coach versus someone who you know they have that experience as a professional or they have that experience as a high level mm. player right those are two very different experiences but they both work if you're going to become a coach yeah yeah very that's a good point do you think with the more because their game's getting more complicated every day there's more things to think about with every single game coming out um for league of legends for instance do you think it's important for a coach to know every single champions cooldowns and what their abilities do or do you think it's better to understand the game dynamics and trust that the player knows more about that champion than you do. So when I'm coaching someone, right, let's say if they're diamond or you know, masters, grandmaster, yeah. right? I already know that they understand the game on a fundamentally different level, right? Objectively speaking, right? Their personal truth of how they understand the game is different in terms of mechanics, right? Yeah the way they look at the map, right? The way they understand the champion cooldowns, right? It's at a higher level than what I understand. But the way I leverage that is I can tell people, you know, this is where you messed up, right? They're yeah. thinking many steps ahead, like, like a grandmaster play, right? They're thinking maybe five, 10 steps ahead. But for me, right, I don't need to think that far ahead. I only mm. need to be one step ahead. I need to think, well, is if there's one mistake that this person can make, right, that's gonna lose them in the game, right? What yeah. mistake would that be? And then I can help them avoid that state, right? Avoid that mistake because it's easier to prevent a problem than it is to cure a problem later on inside the game. Okay, yeah. That's an awesome answer. Love it. Um, so last question. What is your favorite snack to eat while gaming? Great question. <laughs> so my ultimate snack, right? When I, I, I don't have pie, right? I don't have something that's, uh, you know, a baked good, right? Yeah. I'll just sit down and I'll think, what can I have which is going to be super awesome? And I, and I always have uh, celery with peanut butter usually. Oh. Because it's, it's super simple, right? But at the same time, it's simple. nutritious. Yeah. Simple, nutritious, healthy. I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I tried to have nachos while gaming. And that was an absolute disaster. There was sauce and cheese all over my hands and I'm like ah oh, trying to play with my elbows mental but celery celery and peanut butter is a good one because it's not it's not a dirty snack you don't really get anything you can pick it up and put it down um yeah I like it um so finally if you want to have 30 seconds just to tell us what you're doing at the moment if there's anything you want to promote um just go for it So I'll let you in on a few, uh, you know, need to know basis yeah. events. So I'm currently working heavily in the artificial intelligence industry. And so esports events that are going to have, you know, more, uh, you know, crazy dragons flying around or maybe something uh, in terms of immersive reality experience, right? Where you can actually be in a space, right? 
and you can interact with it and build you know entire world with it right i'm building these events of the future and i'm trying to understand them on a way where i can communicate the value because a lot of people they don't understand like this is where esports is heading but you know virtual reality right now there's there's such a small market for it in terms of actual esports titles yeah and i'm really promoting the 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 work as okay well as soon as you can experience immersive reality right virtual reality then you know really have fun with it and then just go and do the things which you want to do right because there's going to be entire worlds that you can build and create that's awesome virtual reality the future yeah i love it um and so that's that's it for for today so thank you adam for coming on it's been awesome to talk to you and i think i've I've learned a lot about esports and mentoring, at least, uh, and the business of esports. So I hope everyone listening has. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. That is a wrap. Nice talking to you. Awesome, thank you. Awesome. Hey, thank you for listening to the Land Party podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed recording it. It's amazing talking to these incredible people. We are always looking for more people to come on. So if you're in the esports industry, just get in touch and let us know you're interested in coming on board. Also, Land Party is a project that we're working on right now. And we are currently looking for investment to make it even more of a reality, to speed the project up, to make it better than it could be with what we've got at the moment. And we're also looking for developers who maybe want to come on board and work with us on creating this new technology that's going to change the face of esports so if you're interested in that let me know just drop us an email and we can start the conversation